gonna just jump right into Matthew 25. Now listen to this, this is a parable. Now the reason why Jesus spoke in parables is because he had to take spiritual realities and put them into physical pictures because we are physical people who, ha- who can't see into the spiritual realm. So he had to try to create pictures and stories so that we can try to relate to it and get access to the truth he said. Matthew 25 is very, uh, very much debated uh, set of scripture. This particular uh, you know, parable is one that is uh, very heavily debated within theological circles. So I want to start by saying this. I am not going to get down into the eschatological aspect of this. In other words, most pastors will use Matthew 25 to talk about the return of Christ. They've been talking about Christ's return for 2,000 years. And people have used the return of Christ to not do a lot of things they should have done. Can I get an amen? And so how about let's all act like he's coming back right now and never at the same time. Y'all make that, I don't know if that made any sense. That was free. I want to be obedient and surrendered like he's coming back right now, but I want to be a wise steward and I want to build his kingdom on the earth like he's never coming back. Does that make sense? So that's eschatological, meaning the study theologically of the end of all things. So many people will use Matthew 25 for that. I'm not going to do that. I do believe, however, there's a very important essence that all theologians tend to agree on. And we're going to look at that. So let me just read this together. Matthew 25, one through four. Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened. So it's like, like the Holy Spirit is not a dove, but the Holy Spirit is like a dove. So see how God puts pictures to things to make it make more sense. So if you think the Holy Spirit is a dove, he's like a dove. So see that? So the, the, the kingdom of heaven is likened to 10 virgins. How many virgins? 10, okay. Which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. For a first century Jewish person, this first sentence makes total sense. But we don't have wedding practices like they did. So I got to break it down a little bit for you. Let's start with the number 10 though. How you hear the number 10. In Hebrew, there's a word minyan. Everybody say minyan. minyan. See, you're a scholar. It was that easy. So minyan is the number 10. 10 is the minimum number of Jewish males that have to gather to constitute a congregation. So if he would have said there were 10 virgins, their ears would have perked up and they would have said, oh, minyan, there's a minimum of 10 to constitute a congregation. And so therefore, I believe that Matthew 25 is a word from Jesus as a warning to congregations. Can I go a little bit deeper? Okay. It says in five, so there's 10 of them and five of them were wise and five were foolish. So when we talk about the lamps and the bridegroom, let me break down their practices. Because, you know, the way we get married here is some of us, you know, in our best blue jeans and our favorite t-shirt go down to the justice of the peace and, you know, we do a little something, something, and by the end of the night, we're doing something, something. (laughs) Welcome to America. Praise God. Hey, that's better than nothing. Am I right? That's still covenant. Praise God if you do that. Then there's other people And I saw this for the very first time on Long Island because I'm from Indiana. And the very first Long Island wedding I got asked to do six years ago, you know, they come up out of the floor on a hydraulic lift and it spins and they got seatbelts on. And and I'm, I'm telling Julie, for our 20th, we're doing that. Our 20th is coming up and I'm like, man, I'm going there. We're gonna, it's gonna be crazy. You know, and so we do that. But that's really all we have is a one day, several hour 
thing that we do. But what they would do is if you were actually engaged, I'm going to use the word engaged, a modern word. So if you were engaged, so you were set up in a marriage and you were engaged to be married, the, the groom, the man would actually say, I'm going to go away now because I've covenanted to you, which means an irrevocable contract. So a covenant is established. So I've given you a verbal covenant. We are engaged. And now I'm going to go away. And when I go away, I'm going to prepare a place for you. I'm going to make a home for us. Then when I come back, I'm going to finish this process of marrying you. And then I'm going to take you to the place I prepared for you, the home. Doesn't that blow your mind? Who talked like that? Jesus. Jesus said, hey, you're going to see me after the resurrection now ascend, but it's better that I go. See, it's why? Because in my father's house, there are many mansions, but I go to create a place for you. He's talking the language of covenant and, and all the first century Jews were like, I understand why he has to leave. Because we're about, oh, I feel the anointing. We're about to get married and there's a whole nother place he's preparing that's so much better than this dump that's full of sin and disease and filth and all this. And he's resurrected and given us authority and power, but he's going to prepare another place. Are you all following me? It says mind blowing. So then all of a sudden he says, now watch, there's, f there's 10 virgins, five and five, five wise and five unwise. So what he's actually going to do is at a, at a certain point they meet up, but there's a journey that has to take place. And, and so sometimes the, the, the bridesmaids now, this group of women would come together and they would have their lampstands and their oil and they would travel to go meet the groom. And they oftentimes had to travel through the night. And so the idea was, do you have enough oil to make it through the dark night? Right now, we are in a very dark time. Oh, come on, let's be honest. We're in a dark time. Come on, some of us thought the 90s were bad and we're like, please bring back the 90s. <laughs> Snap bracelets, Jinko jeans, come on somebody. Mortal Kombat in the arcade down the street, Blockbuster. Bring it back. It's getting darker. We got people rushing into the Capitol here in the United States. You don't go in there, that's lawlessness. You know, I don't care if you're a Republican, Democrat, or confused like me on that topic. I don't know what side to belong to anymore. I'm just, but my point is, we have human beings that think it's okay to rush into governmental buildings now. Here in New York City, there were race riots, and we just completely destroyed the place. Yeah, that'll show them. Let's ruin our own neighborhoods. So this is lawlessness. It's getting darker. How many waves are we going to go through? There's a new variant that they said, scientists in the UK said over 80% of people are going to get it in America in the next two months. And I read that and I was like, please, Lord, not the worship team. <laughs> Just give me a whole worship team. <laughs> please, God, I'm about to quarantine the, the worship team. You know, it's dark, am I right? But here's the question. As you, as one of the virgins are traveling through this darkness, how much oil do you have? Is your light going to go out? 
I remember Julie told me when the pandemic hit, I was one of those dads that like, before we knew what it was, disinfected everything, refused to let them leave. I don't think Julie left the apartment for like a month out here. And I went into the grocery store like I was actually in a first person video game experience. I was like coming in, I'm like this, this. I remember I brought like $1,000 worth of groceries home the first time and we were eating like White Castle frozen. You ever see those? And, there, and I was like, just in case that White Castle never comes back after the pandemic, we got it. Am I right, babe? You know, I think there's food in my freezer f- still from 2020 that they're like, we never got to it. We ne- it's fine. But, but why do I say that? Because I remember being like, we have a three location church. I can't have church. And this is dark. And I remember Julie said, Mike, you are a lampstand ministry. And she said, God has called you prophetically. And I'm so thankful for my wife because she just keeps calling my destiny out. She said, you are supposed to hold a lampstand into the world. And that's who you are till you die. You're a lampstand ministry. And I have waited six years to preach this sermon. That's how serious today is for you. And so what they, these, these virgins, it says there's 10 of them, but there's five wise and there's five foolish. But I want you to pay attention to a couple of things. They all had, they were all virgins, they all had lampstands, and they all had oil. The only difference was how much oil they had. They all sang Maverick City music, Hillsong, Elevation, and Bethel worship songs. They all listened to the popular preachers on YouTube. They all attended church every Sunday. They all said the sinner's prayer. They're all virgins. They all have a lampstand. They all have oil. What's oil? Oil is the Holy Spirit. When you confess Christ as your Savior, you receive the indwelling of the Holy Spirit in that moment. Now, you may not receive the gift of tongues, because, and, but sometimes the gift of tongues comes with the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, and sometimes it doesn't. But you all receive the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, amen? But how much oil do you have? Wait a second, so I, I have something, but I need more of what I have? I'm filled with something, but I should be filled more? What, well, I don't understand. Oh, come on, somebody. I'm going a little bit deeper. I'm almost done. Stay with me. I want you to pay attention to another thing. There are five wise and five unwise. Let me just tell you this, and I I know I've said this before, stay with me. There was no neutral ground. You were either wise or you were a fool. This, I can't drive this home. You either belong to Jesus or you don't. There is no middle ground and you don't have the choice to make your own team and wear your own jersey because when you flip that jersey uh, inside out, it just says son of Satan. It's, you don't have the, and I'm, not, I'm telling you the Bible right now. And you came to this church to listen to the Bible. And so the five virgins, there were five wise, five, five unwise. And you got to get off the fence. You've got to make a choice. Okay, let me just get done with this. And this is what it says. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. And then it says in verse five, while the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And then at midnight, there was a cry made, behold, the bridegroom cometh, go ye out to meet him. So they're all sleeping. And then they get woken up out of a sleep. See, it comes in a surprise. It's, I'm just going to work every day and I can't stand my life, boom, you get into a car accident and now all of a sudden you're having a near-death experience and you're hoping that you were wise. It's all of a sudden, I think my marriage is fine, boom, you get the news that your spouse is cheating on you and your whole world is turned upside down and you hope that you have enough oil to survive that darkness. Life as a way of bringing the unexpected. Are you ready? 
They're slumbering. And then all of a sudden, behold, that's how it's going to be. Behold. Oh, I, I said I was going to get serious about the things of God uh, later that year. I, I said I was going to, it was like, I, God, I said, I was, and you don't have enough time. Behold. Then verse seven says, those, uh, those, uh, all the virgins arose and trimmed their lamps and the foolish said unto the wise, Hey, 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 give me your oil. Hey, pastor Eddie, I know you pray. Can you give me a word from God? Hey, Pastor Mike, I know you're an intercessor. Can you lay hands on me? Give me some of your oil. I don't have any of my own oil. If I grabbed my phone right now and I typed into the description of the video and I went live on Facebook or YouTube and I just simply said, uh, let me pray for you. No less than 2,000 people will show up right now. But if I put in the description, let me teach you how to pray for yourself, 200 we always want to borrow someone else's oil. Turn to your neighbor and say, get your own oil. Come on, turn to the neighbor that you ignored on the other side and say, buy your own oil. Come on. <laughs> buy your own oil. There, listen, Mike Todd can't preach you through it. Stephen Furtick ain't going to be there to pray you through it. T.D. Jakes is not going to have a word when you need it. You got to get your own oil in 2023. Buy your own oil. And some of you are running off of somebody else's oil. Somebody shout, buy your own oil. This is serious. Buy your own oil. Praise God. Some little, little kid warrior just said, buy your own oil. He just immediately went into puberty after he said it. You're a man now, son. <laughs> it says, give us your oil for our lamps have gone out. When my wife was telling me that you're a lampstand ministry, what made me cry is I'm not the best preacher. I'm not the smartest one. I don't have the highest IQ. If you go home and you judge me, you tell me he's not the best leader. He, guess what? Everything you say is true, but you forgot to factor in one thing. I bought my oil. <laughs> You can call me whatever you want to call me, but the Lord qualifies the unqualified. Salvation was free, but I know how to buy oil, and you can't stop somebody that knows how to pray. Come on, somebody. Put the blue check mark verification from heaven on the ones that know how to go on their knees. How long are you going to stay there? As long as it takes until I'm changed, until my name is different, until what it means to be me is not what it meant when I got into this prayer closet. I'm not coming out till I'm blessed. You gotta have some of that on you. Oyo! You got all these spiritual pimps and prostitutes trying to use algorithms. You might be popular, but you're not powerful. You might be known by the world, but you better hope that you're known by Jesus. Listen, you might be known in the airport, but you shouldn't start celebrating until your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And I'll tell you what, I get more satisfaction out of demons saying, I know you, Mike, and I don't like you. And I say, and I hate you too. Come out and go to the abyss where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth and face your final execution because I'm not playing games with you. 
I'm not trying to be a good American preacher anymore. I want to be a man of God in the kingdom of God. And I want a church that we get respect from Peter and Paul and James. And we get respect from Jesus. And you know what? Sometimes you don't get asked to speak at the conferences anymore. But the Lord is well pleased with you. And I'm asking you. And I'm telling you, this is going to be the dividing line. I'm, who wants to go with me and buy some oil? You take a whole bunch of ignorant people, but if you'll go with me to buy oil, that oil will give you wisdom. It'll give you power and might. You take a whole bunch of dysfunctional people with all kinds of sexual abuse and trauma in their past, but if you teach them how to buy some oil, they will be repairers of the breach. They will become watchmen on the wall. They will become an anointed, appointed people from God that can't be stopped. Healing will be in their hands. You could take some people that don't know nothing about business, but if you teach them how to buy oil, kingdom businesses will start to thrive through them. You take a group of people that barely know how to run a camera, but they'll have movies and movie theaters because you taught them how to buy oil. I'm telling you, if you learn how to buy oil in this season, you will be promoted into your next level. But the oil takes time. McDonald's doesn't. How's that working for your body? Um, I, I'm speaking to myself. Ronald McDonald was my best friend. And then I would leave there and go hang out with Wendy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You ever do, um, you ever do fast food twice in a day and then you're like, I hate myself. <laughs> Have you ever done that where you're like, wow, this is self-hatred? <laughs> you know, I was much bigger than I am now, so I can say this stuff with confidence. I wasn't free. You know, I was preaching. When I grew up, the bigger the preacher was, the more anointed he was. I had to undo that theology. And, you know, I, I've had days where I was like, man, this is the third time I've gone out to eat. Uh, this is really abusive. I, I, need, <laughs> I need freedom. <laughs> but the wise answered saying not so lest there not be enough for us and you okay let me give you a warning stop trying to share your oil they're mooches spiritual mooches oh let me put it like this leeches Oh, so let me get this straight. You're supposed to be depressed all the time and then I'm supposed to pray and then always lift you up you know that's the definition of unequally yoked right so when you yoke an animal, if you yoke an ox to a squirrel, who's going to carry who the whole time? And so if you're carrying people all the time and they're never carrying you, you're unequally yoked. And so what that means, what fellowship does light have with darkness? Okay, let me put it like this. Oh, I, I shouldn't. I, this could turn into a four-hour sermon, but just uh, listen. You know, David went to Samuel to seek advice from Samuel. Saul hated him and sent people to kill him. And every time they got close to him, they would be activated in a spirit of prophecy, just getting close to a company of prophets. And then when Saul Saul came to go himself to actually inflict harm on David. He started prophesying. So the anointing is transferable. So some of you guys have souls in your life that are borrowing your oil and they're acting like they're saved when they're in Christian environments and they act like they have a relationship with God when they're around you, but they are leeches on your life and you've got to be okay with dismissing them and seeing the difference between a Saul and a David. That was free. Let me go back to my notes. Eschatological. <laughs> Buy it for yourself. Look at what it actually says. 
Give us your oil for our lamps have gone out. Verse nine and 10 says, but the wise answered say, there's not gonna be enough. What if I told you that you are exhausted because you're trying to give your oil to people and when you transact that it's not enough for you? (laughs) What if I told you that by yourself you're happy? With them you're not. What if I said by yourself you have peace? With them you don't. What if there's not enough oil for both of you? I'm speaking prophetically, but there came a point where Abraham, no matter how much he loved Lot, had to release Lot because the land couldn't sustain both of them. Your cattle and my cattle, your herds and my herds, all eating off of this land is not sustainable. And so we must part ways. This is the year that Abraham and Lot part ways. What if I told you that just because you have history, you shouldn't have a future? Just because you have history with them doesn't mean that you're always supposed to have a future with them. God will allow people for a season and for a reason, but when that season is over, you better part ways because there's not enough oil to share with both of you. Okay, let me keep going. I know this is helping somebody because it's real quiet. Everyone's like, just open the altar now, praise God. (laughs) But it's okay because you're like, but I love people. Yeah, love the Lord and let him love you they'll be all right. Matter of fact, and I don't know who this is for, but sometimes you got to let people bottom out before they learn how to reach out. And sometimes you're saving people from their next level because you're trying to bring them up higher. And the Lord's saying, I'm actually trying to let them go lower. So they finally humble themselves so that they reach out to me. You know, you could be holding people back from their freedom because you keep saving them. And the Lord's like, they're not going to die, but I'm going to let everything be stripped away so they finally get humble enough to call upon my name. But right now they're calling on your name. (laughs) I'm just going to, I'm not even going to look at anybody. (laughs) And, And now here's the last thing. There's not enough for us and you. And then it says in verse 10, and while they went to buy, everybody say buy. Okay, the bridegroom came and they were ready. They that were ready went in and then the door was shut. Now, we have preached hyper grace. And so when you use a word like buy, people are a little offended by that. You mean earn? Yeah, I do actually. Salvation is free, but, the, but more oil, it costs you. So the indwelling of the Holy Spirit that is a covenantal result of the blood of Jesus and free salvation. But being filled with more of the Holy Spirit, receiving more oil, that, is, that will cost you. So this is not works-based, but this is simply to show you that the word by shows up. Okay, let me go a little bit faster here now. Let me go to uh, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Let's just stop right there. Really, God, you're coming for my wine? My mad dog? See, only the low-down guys know about that. My PBR? Was that yours, Bree? Miller Lite? Bud Light? Michelob? She was on a budget. <laughs> Come on, just bringing it real with you. I'm, I'm going to show you something. Just stay with me. Corona, it was Corona with a lime. Okay, okay, okay. That's all I needed. That's all I needed. Do not be drunk on wine. What is it, red? Oh, somebody said, yeah, it is. 
Come on, that's not communion what you're doing. <laughs> Red, white, champagne, what is it? But it says, do not be drunk. We're not going to have the conversation about Christian liberties right now, but I am going to talk about drunkenness. But it's a command. Am I right? When you say don't do something, is that a command? Am I right? But see, all the Christians focus on the first part of this verse. The second part is also a command, but it's beautiful. Instead, everybody say instead. What does that mean? Parallelism. It means there's something else like being drunk. <laughs> don't, hey, don't you dare have a Corona with lime. Bree, watch, because I'm, 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 I'm doing, it's, I'm joking, but I'm showing you the apostolic realm. Bree, don't, don't you dare. I know your life's been hard. I know you've been stressed out lately. Don't get drunk on wine. Instead, be filled with, see, be filled with the spirit. Do you, does that make more sense now? See, here's the problem. Religion, it takes, but never replaces. Religion says, stop doing that. Don't be a bad boy. And you're like, I feel like a bad boy tonight. <laughs> Religion's always telling you, stop doing it. Don't have sex. Don't smoke. Don't drink. Don't, 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 don't. And you know why nobody goes to church anymore? Because we gave them religion. But guess what the Spirit says? Don't have sex like that. Instead, I've prepared a mate for you, and you're going to enter the covenant of marriage and have mind-blowing sex. Earmuffs, little boy. Maybe they do need to hear that because they're finding the wrong thing too soon nowadays. So it's not don't do it. It's do it the way God designed it. It was his idea. Righteously fulfill it. Instead, see, say that word instead. Instead means his way is so much better than my way. I used to get drunk. I used to get high. I paid the price for it. Lost my family. Lost my finances. But now instead, I'm filled with the spirit and I don't pay any price. I wake up rejuvenated. I wake up strengthen my family loves me more the drunker i get in the holy ghost the more my family likes me the more we come together it's better somebody shout instead okay here's another one first corinthians 14 18 paul says this now i know that you got some of these sensationist cessationist pastors that have tried to convince you the gifts of the spirit are not for today well they're gonna hate first corinthians 14 18 because they also quote the pauline theology well let me quote them for you i thank god i speak with tongues more than all of y'all that's paul that's paul what what paul was saying is you have the gift of tongues. I have the gift of tongues. You're a virgin. I'm a virgin. You have a lampstand. I have a lampstand. You have oil. I have, but I have more oil. You talk in tongues, but I thank God I speak in tongues more than all of you. Whoa, come on. What if I told you it's not, okay, hold off. What if I told you there's nothing missing from your life? It's time for more. See, you're thinking something's missing. Something's missing. I need, no, no, no. You have oil. You need more oil. You have the gift of tongues. You need to speak in tongues more. You pray. You need to pray more. You pray. You need to pray longer durations of time. It's time for more. Would you stand to your feet across every location? 
Revelation chapter three, verse 17 says, because you say I'm rich, I increase with goods, I have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wretched, you're miserable, you're poor, you're blind, and you're naked. So Jesus is judging a church, and he's saying, you're telling everybody you're rich. You're telling everybody you've increased in goods. But what I see in the spirit is you're wretched, you're naked, you're miserable, and you're poor. And can I tell you that the American church in the last 30 years got wealthier. We got bigger buildings, more comfortable seats. We, got, we took up offerings and we did all this amazing thing. And I'll tell you what, the American church is wretched. The American church is naked. It's miserable and it's poor. There's pastors who've been preaching against deliverance who need deliverance. They're not even in ministry anymore. You can't deny the fact that the devil has been pillaging and stealing from our churches across America. But the crazy thing is we look more successful. Our graphic design got better. Our presentation got better. Our music got better. We professionalized in every area except for prayer. We got better at worship but didn't get better at prayer. We got better at preaching but didn't get better at prayer. But if we would have got better with prayer, would we still be in ministry? Would we still be more effective? Would we still be seeing more miracles? I want God to put a holy desire on the inside of every single one of you to pray, pray, pray. Don't you dare want to be a preacher, want to be a prayer warrior. Don't you dare want to get on a platform to sing. Pray, pray, pray. Because when you know how to pray, it will keep you through every assignment. So here's what we're going to do right now. I want to see who's wise and unwise. I want to know who wants to buy oil. He tells you this, verse 18, I counsel you, buy of me gold tried in the fire. So Jesus is judging this church and he says, I'm going to counsel you. I'm going to tell you what to do with your problem. American church, church that increased in wealth and money, but decreased in the things that matter. I'm going to tell you what to do. This is what he says, buy of me. See that word buy? Isn't that crazy to think about? It's back. So here's what I want to do. Buy of me gold tried in the fire that thou mayest be rich. Buy of me this white garment that you would be clothed. Buy of me oil so that you can anoint your eyes and see. Because as many as I love... I rebuke and chasten. So this is a message of love. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Some of you, God has been so good. You should have been dead, and he kept saving you over and over and over. And now he's saying, it's time. It's time to buy that garment. It's time to buy that gold tried in fire. Some of you have not been willing to turn it over. So right now, we're just going to lift up an atmosphere of worship across all of our campuses.